field today. Praise God. I'm glad that we can have a move of God and the pastor's not home. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5, verse number 6. It says, But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? <clears throat> I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Forthwith Jesus gave them leave. The unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. They went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Praise God for a few minutes this morning to speak on the subject of bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Praise God. Can you lift your hands? Ask the Lord to have his way in this place. God, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. And you may be seated. We have read here this morning about a man that we know as the demoniac of Gadara. Amen. It's kind of an amazing story just because just prior to this in Mark chapter 4 is when they were in the boat and the storm blew up and Jesus was sleeping in the boat. He spoke to the winds and the waves, peace be still, and immediately it was still. And when they got to the other side, they came into the country of the Gadarenes. And when they were come out of the ship, there came a man running to him out of the tombs. This man had an unclean spirit and had his dwelling among the tombs. Now I'm telling you, that's not the place that I would probably choose to have my dwelling. Amen. You know, the tombs, they're kind of, and I don't know why, but for some reason, a graveyard is spooky. Amen. And, uh, but this man was not in his right mind. This man was somewhere along the line. I believe that he was not born in the condition that we find him in. But somewhere along the line in his life, he began to make decisions and began to go a wrong direction. Amen. The farther that he went, the further he got away from God, the more those spirits began to get a hold of him, and the more they began to control him. Amen. And the man tried every program that they had. They had pretty rough measures in those days because they tried to bind him with chains and with fetters, but they could not contain him. 
Amen. These people did not want to see him in the condition that he was in. And they wanted to help him, but they found that they could not do anything for him. Hallelujah. There's some problems in life that man cannot fix. There's some situations that no matter how hard we try, we cannot fix them. Hallelujah. The demoniac of Gadara found himself in such a place. There was nothing man could do. But one day he saw a man way off in the distance and he ran and fell at his feet. The Bible said he worshiped him. Woo, hallelujah. He didn't try to leave behind his trouble. He didn't try to hide his scars. He didn't try to fix anything. He went to him in the condition he was in. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said that he had sat there in the darkness of the night, yelling and screaming and cutting himself with stones. He was miserable. He was scarred. He was bruised by life. But he brought every scar to Jesus. He brought his misery to Jesus. He was still unclothed. He was still not in his right mind. Hmm. You know, too often we think that everything's got to be perfect before we can bring it to God. I tell you what, you better just bring it to him in the condition you're in right now. Just take it to Jesus. Hallelujah. I tell you what, this man no doubt was interesting looking. Amen. Wild, unkempt hair. The Bible says he was naked. That would be interesting enough. Amen. You could see the scars where he had cut himself, but you couldn't see the scars that were inside. Amen. But I believe there were scars in both places. But he ran and fell at the feet of Jesus. He didn't stop and take a bath. He didn't go get a haircut. He didn't go try to get some clothes. He didn't try to better himself. But he took himself and all of his baggage to Jesus. Hallelujah. He worshiped Jesus in that condition. Hallelujah. Woo. And Jesus said, what's your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. You know, Jesus wasn't intimidated. Well, we have no reason to be intimidated against the spirits of darkness when we have the Holy Ghost, when we have the power of God dwelling inside of us. As a matter of fact, these spirits didn't even question what was about to happen to them. All they did is ask him not to send them too far away because they knew that they were leaving where they were. And Jesus bid them leave. One version of the story in one of the gospels said that Jesus simply said, go and they went and and of course the, the spirits went into that herd of swine and the swine ran down that hill and choked himself in the sea and the men that kept the swine were scared out of their minds and they ran for their lives into the city and told the people what happened and so they came out to see this phenomenon and there they find jesus and this man that they bound with chains and he broke them, bound with fetters and he broke them. They could do nothing with him and they find him sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind. 
What was the difference? What happened? He took his problem to Jesus. There is no telling what God can do if we'll bring our need to him. It looks impossible to the world, but all things are possible with him. Hallelujah. Don't matter how hard we fought. Doesn't matter what all we've tried. If we'll take it to him this morning, he has the answer. He has our answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's not one of us in this place this morning that has not sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we die in our sin, we will be lost. Hallelujah. I would say that there's probably none of us that don't carry a little bit of baggage. And we have some scars. You say, well, I was raised church. I was too. Hey, man, but I've got some scars. There's been some things in life that have happened that have left a mark in my life. Hey, man, and I can sit back and, and worry about that if I want to. I can sit back and stress about it and get bitterness in my heart because of the scars that I've got. Or I can take them to Jesus. Hallelujah. I heard Brother Ballastero use an illustration one time that really stood out to me. And he, he was talking to a man one time, and the man was telling him when he was a child that I believe it was something like boiling hot got poured on, spilled on his leg or something. He was scarred from his knee down to his ankle or somewhere in there and just really scarred up. And, and he was telling him as an adult, and he said, man, he said, that's bad to have that big of a scar. He said, well, it's not that big anymore. He said, I can hide it behind my sock because scars don't grow. You know, we make our scars grow sometimes because we dwell on them too much. Hallelujah. But if we let God take control of the scars, if we lay them down upon the altar, hallelujah. You know, we come to him kind of like this man did in Gadara, unclothed spiritually. Amen. And sometimes we think that we need to clean ourselves up. I'm telling you, God doesn't need us. To, we cannot clean ourselves up. We, we can't make ourselves good enough for him. Even in our best state, we don't deserve what he's done for us. Mm. We're weak and feeble and unable to change. Well, hallelujah. In Romans chapter 7 and verse number 18, it says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. He said, I want to do good, but I can't. And I don't want to do evil, but I find myself doing it. Now if I do that, I would not. It's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. 
For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? O wretched man that I am, greatest of the apostles, man that performed so many wonderful things for the kingdom of God. He said, O wretched man that I am. I thank God, verse 25, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God with the flesh, the law of sin. We try to do good, but it's not in our flesh. Hallelujah. We cannot be good enough. Hallelujah. Because there's evil present in me. If I neglect my prayer life... If I neglect time alone with God, if I neglect studying and reading His Word, if I neglect attending the house of God, it's not going to take very long until the flesh pops its head up. And all of a sudden, that good that I would, I do not. And the evil that I would not, that I do. It doesn't take very long. But I'm very thankful this morning that God is not like we are. Because when people fail us, once, okay, two, you're skating on thin ice. Three or four times, it's like, man, forget it. Oh, hallelujah. That's the way we're built. Someone keeps saying they're going to do something, and then they do the opposite. Eventually, you quit believing them. And we quit giving them chances. We quit trusting them. And sometimes we have no choice but to do that. But God doesn't work that way. He still keeps extending his mercy and his grace. That when we fail, we can bring our failure to him. Woo. Romans 5 and 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet for adventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. There, there's some of us that we would die for each other in this place. We saw someone attacking one of our brothers or sisters, we'd step up and defend them. I hope. You see someone pounding on me, I hope you defend me. A good man, some would dare to die, some would were a good man. But that one that's done you wrong, every time you turn around, they're doing something to you. Woo. Man, I don't know about that. Some of you say, well, the judgment of God's fallen on him. But you know what? While we were sinners, living completely contrary to the law of God, he went to Calvary and died for me. Whew. He didn't wait for us to improve ourselves, but he died for us in our lowest estate, in that lowest place of life 
he died for us. And all he's doing is waiting for us to bring him that sin, those faults, those failures, our scars, our baggage. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of young people think that they can walk away from God and go enjoy sin for a little while and come back to God and everything will be the same. But you know, I can assure you this morning that it'll never be the same. You say, well, I can't get the same. Yeah, you can get the same Holy Ghost. But see, when you come back, you'll have scars. Well, praise God. God's mercy and His grace is extended. But there's still going to be some scars to remind us. Well, praise God. Very familiar story told in the New Testament about this man that we know as the prodigal son. Came to his father one day and demanded of him his portion of his inheritance. His father gave him his portion. Amen. He took it and spent it in riotous living. He went out and partied hard. Eventually, he finds himself without money. Because money won't last forever if you're not doing anything with it to make it grow. If you're not working or working with it or investing it, eventually it runs out. And that's what this young man found himself in a place with no money. And all of a sudden, when his money was gone, so were his friends. And he finds himself alone and broke and destitute in a far country. He hired himself out to a man in that country feeding pigs, which was an abomination to a Jew to touch a pig. He was as low as he could get. And he was yet so hungry that he would have filled his belly with the husk that the pigs did eat. See, that's how far sin will take you. It'll take you from pulling up to the master's table and enjoying a wonderful meal to filling your belly with pig slop. Well, we don't think sin will take us that far, but I promise you, sin will take you a whole lot farther than you ever thought was possible. It'll take you to a place that you never dreamed was possible to go. Hallelujah. But one day in the pig pen, the Bible said that he came to himself and he realized that his father's servants had plenty and to spare. And he was starving in that pig pen. He said, I will arise and go to my father and say, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Just make me one of thy hired servants. With his mind made up, he got up from the pig pen and he left that country. And I believe that somewhere along the way that there was voices whispering in his ears telling him that his daddy was never going to take him back. He ain't never going to let you stick around. There's no way. You left him. You didn't care about him. He'll never take you back. This young man had a determined mind. He really had no options. He was down to his last opportunity. But when he got to his father's house, his father was there to receive him. 
with open arms, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He, he went into his speech. He said, Father, I, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I just want to be one of your hired servants. And his dad never even heard a word that he said. But he said, hey, this my son was lost, but he's come home again. It's time to kill the fatted calf and make merry. It's time to rejoice because my son has come home again. Woo, hallelujah. I tell you what, I don't know that he found a place to wash off the stink of the pig pen, but he still had to smell the pig pen. He still had tattered clothes and wore out shoes, but he brought it home and brought it to the Father. Hallelujah. It don't matter where you're at this morning. If you'll just get up from where you are and come to yourself and bring it to him. He stands with open arms. He stands ready. He stands ready. He doesn't want to see you where you're at. He doesn't want to see you in that condition. But he wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to provide for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's so important. Sometimes that we realize where we are in God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Jesus told several parables one time. Told the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin. And of course, this parable altogether. To me, the saddest one was the lost coin because it was lost in the house. What sadder thing could be said than to be lost in the house? Still coming to church every service, but lost in the house. Another part of that story that really strikes me is that it was a coin inanimate object did not even know that it was lost but it was lost in the house and you know we can be lost in the house praise God we can get to a place where we can get ourselves so hard that nothing moves us and we still think we're okay because we're coming to the house of God. But we can be lost in the house. I didn't intend to go this way, but I tell you what, I don't want to be lost sitting on a pew. Hallelujah. I have a friend that used a story one time. He was told by a man. They were in church service, and this young boy that had grown up in church was sitting in the back. He walked up to the preacher, a little smart aleck after service. He said, how far am I from heaven? Then he laughed and walked away. Went home, and that night, lived in a single wide trailer. The house caught on fire, and he died in the fire. That old preacher went to his house found the location of his bedroom and he walked from there 
to the church and paced it out. I believe it was a hundred and some steps. He said, that's how far you were from heaven. From where you died to the altar. Lost in the house. Ooh. Hallelujah. I don't want to be lost in the house. But if something should crop up in my life, I just want to take it to him. Lay it down at his feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was a very religious man one day came to Jesus. He came in the night. John chapter 3. Familiar portion of scripture to most of us. Verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Very, very, I guess you could say important man to them. A ruler, member of the Sanhedrin, I believe. Sam came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He had some questions. He had some things that he wanted to talk to Jesus about. And he said, you're, a t you're obviously a teacher come from God. Because no one can do what you've done except God send him. And Jesus just cut to the chase. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. And that stumped Nicodemus. He said, how can I be born again? He's thinking natural birth. Jesus, of course, thinking spiritual. He said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I don't know what all questions that Nicodemus intended to ask Jesus. But he was hungry for more than what he had. There was obviously something that was drawing him. And so he came with his questions and brought them to Jesus. And we find in chapter 7, there were some men that came after Jesus to actually take him, arrest him if you would, and Nicodemus stood and defended him. And then after they crucified him, Nicodemus was one of the ones that took his body. He came in the night, but there was something that drew him to the Lord. You know, there's a lot of questions in life. A lot of questions in life. But we can bring our questions to him. And sometimes the questions that we may have are not what we really need. But God knows the answers that we need. If we're willing to bring our questions to him. Matthew 14 and 15 
has another familiar story. It says, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. They say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. Now, unless they are very large loaves and two fishes, that's a lot, not much food for 5,000 people. And they were not big loaves. And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves, the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. You know, that wasn't much to work with. Just wasn't much. A few little loaves, a couple fish, was not much to work with. In fact, there's some that even question whether the disciples weren't being a little sarcastic in saying that's all they could find. But Jesus was teaching them a lesson that what we think is too little. Jesus says is enough. And if we think that we have nothing to offer him, that we are insignificant, I want to tell you if you'll bring yourself to God, Jesus says that's enough. And he took those little loaves and fishes and he broke them. We don't like the breaking sometimes. But sometimes when we come to him, there's some breaking that must take place for God to multiply and do what he wants to do in our life. Praise God. I, I don't like the times of brokenness. I, I don't really enjoy it very much there's nothing fun about it really but God knows what he is doing and God knows what he wants to do in us I know I might have mentioned it the other day about the the potter but when I believe it was Ezekiel that went down to the potter's house and the, the, the potter was making the vessel and it was marred in the hand of the potter and so he had to lump that clay all back down together. And he made it again a new vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Sometimes in our lives, God's going to have to lump us back together because there's some little impurity or marring in the vessel. But as long as we keep ourselves humble in the hands of the potter, he'll take us and make us into what he wants us to be. You know, it's those times of brokenness that God can really get down 
and work in our hearts, in our spirits, if we'll bring the broken pieces to him. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5. Amen. And verse number 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hallelujah. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. If we'll humble ourselves, then he will exalt you in due time, casting all your care. <laughs> you know, if we try to carry our care, it can weigh us down to a place that we can't even hardly move. I had a cousin, I still have him, that thinks he's pretty tough. And he is. And uh, they live in Alaska, and uh, his twin brother shot a moose one day. And uh, my cousin decided, his twin brother decided he could carry both hindquarters out at the same time. And uh, it was well over 200 pounds. And so they got it strapped to his pack board, and he got in the straps. And uh, his brother had to help him up because he couldn't get up on his own. And sometimes that happens to us when we get too burdened. We can't get up. And uh, he got up and he got on his feet and he got his balance and he started walking. And on the path on the way out to the truck, he told me there was a branch across that was about three inches high. And when he got to that branch, he couldn't get his leg up high enough to get over it. And he tripped. And down he went face first. 200 plus pounds of dead meat on his back and he told me he couldn't move he could not get out from under it may have been more than 200 I don't remember how much it was it's a crazy amount and there he was pinned to the ground and his brother had to come again and help him up again because his burden was too heavy praise God you know there's some burdens that are too heavy for me There's some loads that are just weigh me down. And I get to that tough place in the path. I find myself falling and unable to get up. Amen. But I can take my cares and I can cast them to Him. I can take that care, that burden, that load and throw it at His feet. That He will get my care. The thing is, is he won't come and take our load away from us. We've got to cast our care upon him. We have to be willing to let go and lay it at his feet. You say, oh, that's not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy to let go of our burden. Last night we were 
Burlington, and there's a couple booster seats there, car booster seat deals, and on the second shelf. And so I lifted Abby up and put her in it, see if it was comfortable for her. Then I just backed away a couple steps. And then I was being mean, and I decided to try to walk away, and she flipped out a little bit. There was two boxes underneath her. I said, man, just stand up there. I'll catch you. She wasn't trusting that box because it sound, felt a little soft to her. And I had to pick her up from where she was and put her down because she was on unsure footing. You know, sometimes we get in a precarious situation where our footing is, is bad. And we're not trusting it very much. But if we'll call out to Him, if we'll call out to Him and take it to Him, lay it at His feet, He can pick us up and He'll carry us. I know it's been used and used and used and used, but I, that old poem that was written about the footprints in the sand. There's been some times in life where it has been proven over and over to me how true that is. You see those two sets of footprints in the smooth sailing? Then it gets rocky and there's only the one set. And then when it became smooth, there was two again. The man turned around and said, God, why did you forsake me in the worst place of my life? Why did you lead me where it was rocky? And he said, well, you're, you're not understanding. Those aren't your footprints you're looking at. Because in that rocky time, I, I picked you up and I carried you. When this going got easy, I set you back down again tell you what if you'll bring your care to him if you'd stand with me this morning if you can bring your care to him if you can trust God enough to lay your burden down on an altar see I believe it and I've done it many times in my own life just loaded down with care. And I take it to the altar. And I lay it down on the altar. And I pray and talk to God. But when I get up, I reach down and pick the burden back up again. And I walk on with it. You see, the important thing is that we carry our burden to Him and leave it there. Say, but I don't know about tomorrow. No, we never do. There's that old song that says, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. We may not know what tomorrow brings, but if we'll cast our care on him today, I'll tell you what, his grace is still sufficient. He is still able to carry us on. Mm. This message has gone different direction than I thought it would this morning. I don't know what needs you may have brought to this place today. I don't know what kind of care may weigh you down. But I do understand that life has a tendency to load us down. And that life has a tendency sometimes to, to cause some scarring. And there's hurts that come along with living.
But I'm telling you, it's not necessary to carry those hurts. It's not necessary to carry the scars. It's not necessary to have that burden weighing us down every day of our life where we can't sleep and we can't eat. We, we just don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what we're going to do. I'm telling you, the only thing that we can do is bring that to Jesus and lay it down at his feet and trust him to pick it up. Trust him to carry us when we're in the rocky time. Hallelujah. I know that my life hasn't been the smoothest sailing of late. Amen. But I believe that God is in control. Hallelujah. That God knows what's going on and God knows where he's taking me. If I can maintain my trust in him. If somehow I could keep my eyes off the circumstances. <laughs> I know you're standing, but... What an amazing miracle it was the day that Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. Trying to get to Jesus. He was trying to get to him. He said, if it be you, Lord, bid me come. And he said, come. And he got out and began to walk across those waves until he got to thinking too much about it. And he saw the waves, and he saw the wind kicking the spray up off the waves. And a man that had been born, no doubt, in a fishing environment, knew all about the sea, began to think that how impossible it was what he was doing. And when he got his eyes off of Jesus and began to focus on his circumstances around him, he began to sink. And he cried out, Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and pulled him back up. I tell you what, you may step out this morning to bring your problems to Jesus, to bring your situation to him, maybe to bring your life to him. <laughs> you begin to get discouraged. Because you begin to think about your circumstances. Let me tell you, God knows all about it. Keep your eyes focused on Him and take it to Him. Take it to Him. Yo, know, there's just some things, there's just some things that, that we cannot fix on our own. I've known some men that say, you know what, I'm just going to do what I know to do. I'm, a, I'm just going to do what I've always done. And you know what, sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work. Because God's trying to get a hold of us. And we can't just go do what we've always done. But somehow we've got to take it to Him and let Him take control. Read stories about folks flying airplanes in training. They get themselves in trouble, and their instructor has to take it. And they've got to completely let go of the controls. I believe this morning that God's wanting someone to let go of the controls. 
and let him take over. Hallelujah. Boy, that's tough when, when you've been flying along and everything's been going good and all of a sudden there's a little bit of trouble comes along and you think you've got it handled and it gets worse. And Jesus is just saying, let go. Just let go. Let me handle it from here. But God, I've always done it this way. God, I've always done this. Jesus is saying, let go. Just let go. Can we bow our heads this morning? Hallelujah. God knows every problem. God knows every trial. God knows every struggle right now. Hallelujah. I believe this morning that God is wanting somebody to bring your need to Him. To bring your situation and your circumstances. There's no need to try to fix it on your own. Just bring it to Him. Let Him be the pilot of that ship. Let Him have control this morning. Just lay it down at His feet. Can we all just come talk to the Lord for a little while?